0: Welcome to the Palef Bukura podcast. She is speaking. She is speaking. In each twenty-minute episode, I'll have the chance to interview and celebrate strong, brilliant, and inspiring women. The most important uh, topic is, of, of course, people.
1: Honesty, transparency, and authenticity is is what also consumers want. When you're at my age, it's not about career anymore. It's about where can I be of value.
0: Welcome to this new episode of Carlef Bukhara, She is Speaking. Today, I have the enormous pleasure in introducing Mica Kiesling, who is General Manager of the Estee Lauder Companies in Switzerland. Mica worked for La Prairie for 19 years before moving to the Estee Lauder Companies in 2016. Last year, she was voted Swiss Woman of the Year by the title Women in Business. Hello, Micah. How are you today? Hello, Sophie. Very good. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. It's great to be here with you. Let's start at the beginning. Um, What does your role entail at the Estee Lauder companies? I think as general management already says, it's
1: pretty general. So I think the most important uh, topic is, of, of course, people. Leading the people of the company, finding the right talent for the right positions, And that, of course, creating the local strategy, uh, depending on the global and the regional strategy. And that, of course, you can do best with the most talented people in the industry.
0: Yeah. So you do everything, basically.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, you know, and, and that's also good when you have done very different uh, jobs uh, or roles in the cosmetic industry, because then you have a better understanding. You know, So I have done many roles from sales, marketing, PR, which is now, of course, uh, earned and owned more media. So many different roles, and that gives a better understanding later than when you're in channel management.
0: Yeah, that must be really enriching to see so much, you know, it helps your understanding of, of everything. Have you always been been in the skincare and beauty industry? Yeah. <laughs> if you think
1: about that, yeah, already 38 years, I never did anything else than cosmetics in my life. And actually, it was never what I wanted to do. It's funny. Yeah. Oh. So getting into an industry, you start to love it and then you cannot change anymore.
0: Uh, what did you want to do when you finished school or university? Oh, it was very clear. I wanted to become a teacher. It was clear. Oh, wow. Okay.
1: Yeah. So, so how did it change?
0: <laughs> i it was uh,
1: i could not study i'm coming from a very poor uh, environment actually uh, from a farm and studying was really far away from what you should do i mean being working in a bank you know was the the, the best my parents could imagine <laughs> for me and they were also not interested in my education actually so i had to do it myself so i wanted to become a teacher and then the government stopped the uh, support so studying was not an option and then my mom who is a very uh, i would say, well-groomed uh, farmer's woman. Yeah. <laughs> she always loved cosmetics. And she said, you know, there's a cosmetic school. In one year, you have a job, you know, you can work. So I looked at it. I did it. I hated it. But then I got a first job in the cosmetic
0: industry and I started to love it. Oh, oh, that's a great story. What do you like the most about the skincare and beauty industry? I mean, every industry is different. You know, it's the fashion industry or the watch industry. What makes the sort of beauty industry special for you?
1: I mean, it's wonderful for a woman to work with things you really dearly love, you know, and you have a passion for. And I generally have a lot of passion, but I have a passion for what we are doing um, and especially also for the products and the brands. So it makes it very easy to stay in that industry because it's it's just beauty. is just something amazing and it's uh, relevant whenever, you know. Also in crisis times, as you know, I mean, if you're feeling confident and you feel better and if beauty can help you a bit, you know, to to feel better yourself and to, to feel more confident, then that's wonderful.
0: Yeah, that's nice when you work in an industry which brings happiness to people in a sense. Exactly, exactly, yeah.
1: Of course, you can say it's completely unnecessary, <laughs> but we feel it's actually not.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I think it is necessary. If you can help make people feel better about themselves and more confident and, yeah. and more beautiful even, that's a great thing, you know. However frivolous it might be, uh, deep down it really helps you. I know it helps me. One thing I was surprised to learn about the Estee Lauder companies is that it's a family-owned business, just like Karl F. Bukhara. Would you say that being a family business is a, is a bonus or does it make it harder? Yeah. I mean,
1: actually, it's now a 16 billion public company. But of course, it's still what Mr. Leonard Lauder would say. It's a family in business because many family members of the Estee Lauder company's family, they are in business in the company. But we are a public company since many years.
0: Oh, OK. I see. I still like the family element. <laughs>
1: But I mean, you're very right, because we feel like we are a family in this business. And I think that's very unique when you are multinational, that you still can feel like you're part of a bigger family. That's that
0: feeling I have every day. Oh, That's great, because it's not always easy when you have so many people in the company to... To achieve that, no, that's great. Exactly. Um, hard work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, always. That's success. What do they say? It's ninety percent hard work and ten percent genius. So,
1: exactly.
0: Um, you've been in the business, you said, for thirty-eight years now. How has it changed over that time? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I would say there is not one stone on the other anymore. I mean, when
1: I started, I remember. I had an office and I had an office in front with three secretaries typing, uh, you know, not even an electric typewriter, oh, wow. <laughs> but really typing, try typing manuals and typing, uh, files. I mean, it was uh, completely crazy. And we had, uh, you know, people coming in the office, graphic designers doing slides, you know, for presentations. And it took forever that you had a presentation together. And then you had everything in their slide carousel and then it fall apart. Oh. <laughs> it was kind of completely crazy. I mean, the way we were doing business was so unique. And when you look at, uh, the cosmetic industry, they were always the same names, right? I mean, nothing changed. I think I once did um, a study on, you know, what has changed with all the cosmetic companies. There was basically no change. It was always the same names. I mean, very few newcomers, you know, there was a newcomer like La Mer, which got really hot 20 years ago. But other than that, nothing happened till... Social media hit the world and then suddenly the business changed completely. Uh, I mean, so many new companies were created and were, you know, uh, the whole marketing went through social media and it, it it changed everything. I think there's nothing, nothing anymore like uh, 38 years ago. And when we talk about the digital revolution, I mean, the way we are doing marketing today, the way we are talking to consumers today has nothing to do then how it was uh, in old times. Maybe you remember Estee Lauder ads from old times. The American woman, like, yeah. Ooh, uh, like looking not even in the camera, looking like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm super cool and whatever. This is not. I mean, it it would not touch anyone anymore today. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's interesting how how that whole <laughs> image of of women has changed. You know how we represent women. It's oh, it's yeah. exciting though. It's it's really interesting to see that. That shift. And what
1: is beautiful, we are so much closer to consumers than we ever were. Yeah, I think in old times uh, the cosmetic industry were pretty, you know, celebrating uh, luxury and uh, sophistication, especially um, an Estee Lauder brand. Uh, and now, I mean, it's a it's a, it's a brand which who wants to be super close to to every single consumer, um, have a deeper understanding of the needs of the wishes of the dreams, and being a friend basically of of the consumer.
0: Yeah, how do you connect to to consumers in Switzerland? Is it through events or, I mean, how do you do that?
1: Oh, so this has changed now through COVID a lot, and I I love that, you know, because what we are doing nowadays is virtual selling, for instance. But for me, it's not the selling piece; it's really virtual consultations online, where whenever you want, you can, you know, be online and uh, being part of a certain brand of a certain product, and you can learn about it, you can laugh about it, you can you can just be part of that company if you like, and. Uh, the consumers love that. So this is uh, something which has developed uh, very fast. And that's of course... Uh, a touch point which some consumers love of course they are now also after covid now they're going back to the department stores and they are loving this service and this hands-on and having facials and having hand massages and yeah. and getting amazing uh, high touch consultation but you know it's on and offline it's right now it's truly an omni-channel experience the consumer can have if they want
0: oh that's exciting do you find it exciting all these changes
1: Oh, I, I you know I love I love change you know <laughs> I I hate uh, if something is stagnating so I love love change and I love things moving and developing and now it's super exciting but it's super super fast also right yeah. so you have to be always uh you know ahead of things and uh, yeah that excites me every day.
0: Uh-oh. That's really interesting. I mean, it's the same in my world as well. In journalism, things have just, I mean, you can't compare to 10 years ago, but Mm -hmm. it's exciting times. I'd like to talk about um, your management style, because I heard that you do speed dating with your uh, with your staff and even with the interns. Can you tell me a little bit about this? It sounds intriguing.
1: You know, I hope, um, I mean, I should ask my team members, but I hope my leadership style has changed, you know, because when I started in business, especially women in leadership positions still were pretty rare. And we had that feeling. I never wanted to be a masculine leader, or not that. But it was important to be tough and to be a, a strong leader and, uh, mm. you know, someone people could look up to. And this is beautifully has beautifully changed you don't need to be the champ anymore being a leader you know you can be someone who who also shows vulnerability and this is even what people need that that they can flourish, you know, that they see, I mean, you are just a human being, you know. And that's also, and, and to build that connection, you cannot just say, ah, oh, yeah, but I have an open door. I want to be connected to you. You really have to live it. And that starts with people starting in the company. And that's why I'm doing, coming back to your question, that's why I'm doing these speed datings, that from day one, people understand I'm really here. I'm not only approachable, I'm really Genuinely interested in the person, in every single person we are hiring, every single person working with us, and this you have to—you cannot only say that and come to me if you have a question. No, you have to really ask for it and demand this connection, and that's why I start from the very beginning when when people are starting in the company or also creating next to the leadership team also uh, and a millennial board or an intern board, you know, to tell the people you are important and we need your knowledge. We need your your connection to to consumers. We want to know from you, you know, what is important. Because if we integrate all these different um, people with different experiences, with, with uh, different levels of management, then I think... Together it, it can give a, a very strong uh
0: result. Oh that sounds like a a lot of fun for the for the youngsters that join you, but also very enriching all the way up, right? You know everyone can learn from each other.
1: Yeah, but at the beginning sometimes they're a bit shocked, you know. They ask my assistants at uh, what is happening? That oh. speed date? <laughs> and then she says, "No, it's cool. You will see. You would love it." <laughs> and this is what you have to break, you know, because yeah. you think as a leader, "Oh, but I'm very approachable. I'm always cool. I'm, I'm, I'm nice." But you know, still people are a bit like, "Whoa!" Just because of the position, and that you have to break because yeah. otherwise you never get close to people.
0: No, that's very true. And also, when you're, I found that when you're a little bit older, sometimes. My younger colleagues are, you know, they're a little shy to come and approach me too. So I, maybe I'll try this technique out myself. <laughs> I think it could <laughs> be fun. Um, do you do any mentoring of your younger women in, in your teams or outside the organization?
1: Yeah, I mean, we do basically, um, <laughs> we call it reverse mentoring. So we have mentors for each leadership member. That means uh, the younger generation is supporting us in understanding the world better. And we, of course, help them with our experience. So we are doing vice versa mentoring. So we are going away from this, oh, I'm an experienced person. I will help you to develop. No, 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 no. I think the younger, the new, the fresh people, they can help us to develop and to see the world in in a different way. So I truly believe in this vice versa mentoring, which we are doing in the company.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, wow, that's interesting. What have you got out of it?
1: Oh, my God, so much. Yeah. So much because... um, It's not only that I experience things together with my mentor, but she is the one who learned that she can be completely, brutally honest. So sometimes after meetings or whatever, I ask her and said, what do you think? You know, how did that come across for people? So I suddenly learned the real thing, not what people say or what I think. And people said, oh, thank you. It was wonderful. La, la la No, 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 no. I want to know really, was there something which could come across a bit weird or which people didn't understand? So she's helping me to have a deeper understanding on things happening in the company. And also she's really brutally honest because that's what I want from her. Yeah. And that's great. That's really, really great. A lot of fantastic feedback, which make us think, you know, but right now, for instance, for the whole company, we also do, uh, we call it, uh, as a lot of companies, listens. So very regularly, we do a global search on saying, tell us what we need to be better in and what you think about the company right now. And then we are asking very concrete questions, but also the people can write, you know, and then we are working on it. So it's not like, oh, we're doing a research and we see, no, no, no. We really take the things country by country. And I take that super serious and say, what do we do now? We have to do something with the feedback. And I think this feedback culture is not just something you say, oh, but, you know, tell us no, you have to actively work on that, yeah. otherwise you are not getting an honest feedback,
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's not just enough to sit and wait for people to no, to write no. to you. You have to go out and ask them, yeah,
1: no one comes to you. No one will tell you the truth is you' if you're not actively really working and asking for it
0: Wow, that's interesting, wow, it sounds like you're you're really far above like three steps ahead of everybody else in business These I hope really... not. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I hope not. My God.
0: Oh, no, but it sounds like you, I mean, it's a really forward-thinking company. It's extremely yeah, yeah. interesting. And and we can learn also, you know, thanks to discussions like this, other people can listen and, and give them ideas. I know I'm going to go away with a lot of ideas, you know. <laughs> yeah. I
1: think it's just because this company is really deeply rooted in core values and really um, a great respect for individuals and um and not compromising on ethics and integrity. I mean, this is something we are feeling every day, that the company is pretty rigorous in making sure that we are keeping the values. And this is kind of a family values.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit now about sustainability, which is obviously extremely important in in today's world. Is that something that's important to you at at the Estee Lauder companies? I would say if there's... the
1: One most important topic in the company, I think right now, it's sustainability. But it's not only sustainability, but also social responsibility. I think for us, this is a combination. This goes hand in hand because it's a, a responsibility for people and a responsibility for the planet at the same time. So I think it's not one or the other. It has to go hand in hand. And you have to be authentic. I think the most important is don't try to tell stories which are not, you know, real yet don't dream and really do step by step because i mean i think honesty transparency and authenticity is is what also consumers want so i think it's completely fine as a company and saying we are working on that we are not there yet or this is our goal in five years we want to be there people understand that you cannot do everything but be honest be transparent i think this is the most important be transparent what you're working on and i think that's what we are doing very well i'm very proud of that now
0: yeah I mean, also with social media that you were talking about earlier. That's that's also, you know, we cannot just tell stories anymore. You know, everyone's talking, and and to be authentic and genuine is is really important.
1: And I think, in a especially when you are in a local organisation like I am here in Switzerland, the most important is not to wait you know, what is the um, headquarter doing? What is the mother company now developing? But saying, what can we do already? What can we do here in Switzerland now? Yeah. You know, what, what what is it? And that's what we are doing, you know. So we are, of course, we are very proud of all the the, the global goals we are reaching. And, you know, when we get another award of being top of um, execution in a, in a certain sustainability topic. But on the other hand, this is not stopping us from really saying, what actually can we do here in Switzerland? So what are we doing uh, locally? I think the most important for consumers right now is that you have an ingredient transparency. So on the website, you can read exactly which ingredient is in which product, and that's important. And the other thing is that if you want to bring your packaging back to the store, you can do that nowadays. So there's a Mac, in the, in the Mac brand, we have started that, that you can bring your products back. And um, of course, also in the office, uh, recycling is, a, is an important part in educating people on what sustainability means.
0: Yeah. Um you're involved in different charities and causes. Can you tell me about some of the projects you're working on at the moment?
1: Oh yeah, I think this became another passion of mine since my kids are a bit older, you know, because yeah. uh, it was always just uh, working and kids and now I have a bit more time to do a bit more of what I really want to do, to make again the, the world a better place at the end of the day. And when people say, yeah, but it's very difficult to do that. I mean, there's so many things you can do uh, every day. But what, of course, I'm starting with is what the company is really uh, moving forward with. And this is, as you know, for since 30 years, breast cancer. I think um, Estelota has done a big, big step into the right direction that nowadays most of the women don't have to die with breast cancer anymore. It's, it's now the most frequent cancer of all. It even has more cases every year, the lung cancer. So that's a drama, but the research has helped, you know, you cannot heal it yet, but there are so many different kind of ways of uh, chemotherapy uh, nowadays, which can help that most of the women are not dying. So this is, um, that's, that's, that's really amazing. So Evelyn Lauder created uh, the Pink Ribbon, which is now super famous in the world, right? So many organizations are using the Pink Ribbon to create awareness against breast cancer. Um, And the other thing is where I'm really, really proud of is um, what we are doing for AIDS. We have done over 500 million. We have put in our AIDS, MAC AIDS fund. And all of these causes. they're they're coming because something happened in the company. I I don't know if you remember um, when AIDS came up. uh, I know I had four makeup artists and all four makeup artists in Germany died. And the first one, uh, we thought it was cancer, but then we found out all four died with AIDS. So, I mean, it's so many people in the company died from AIDS. Because, as you know, many makeup artists were just in, in the, in the target group for, for AIDS, which is, I mean, a, a, a nightmare. And so what I love is it's authentic. It's really coming from things which happened to us, you know, experiences we had. And that's, I think, uh, very important. And what I do privately is a bit helping organizations, um, like Avanza, which is helping women in South America to build their own businesses. That is wonderful. So uh, Avanza, they are doing handmade handbags. You know, they are uh, done in Ecuador, in the country where the money goes at the end of the day. And it's helping women to build their own businesses. So that is uh, really nice. Oh, it's yeah. fabulous. And when it comes to something we are really working on now um, in, the, in the Swiss uh, affiliate is that we are supporting women to, to understand that they can't have it all that it's possible to do a career and to have kids, like the two of us, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, <exactly. laughs> um, Because still, I mean, in Switzerland, many women think that one day they have to decide, you know, that's yeah. uh, it's either or. And this woman empowerment and, um, and keeping women in business or get them back to business. And so this is the reason also why we love to work with Advance, which is a local organization. And uh, their whole target is to work on gender equality here in Switzerland.
0: Oh, it sounds like all these uh charities uh really come from the heart you know that's uh that's super nice I think you cannot do that if it's
1: not real, yeah again. You, you cannot engage also all your people if it's not real, because no one would understand. they would And that's also why sometimes I'm, I'm feeling really sad when organizations come to us and saying, can you do that? Can you do that? And I said, right now, no, because we have to do one after the other. We cannot be, and it, it, it has to also have a, a reason and it has to be real. And uh, also we want to do long-term engagements, not just saying, oh, we do a little here, and but but really engage in some courses and hoping that other companies do the same on other courses.
0: Yeah, that's great. One of carlef F. Bucharest's slogans is a single second can change history. Is there a second or a moment in your life where there was a big change or a big shift, something that stands out to you? A second was not
1: enough, but maybe it's a, a kind of um, a moment, a wake-up moment, I would say, for my life. I was always dreaming of having kids very early. And uh, then, of course, my career started and I said, I cannot, I cannot. And I was traveling globally and I loved it. I loved it. And I was hoping that one day I want to calm down and I want to be, you know, relocated in one country and not travel and then having kids. And then there was a moment on time when I came back from a, uh, a travel in Asia and I said, this will never happen. I will. I cannot stop, you know, not traveling. And And I want both. And that was the moment also when I talked to my husband and said, you know what, I think... I will never be happy, not traveling and uh, having a career, but I will never be happy not having kids. So, and he was super supportive. We started, and then I got my first daughter.
0: Oh, that's that's great. Uh, yeah, no, I feel I feel the same way, and my daughters. Um they're very proud of their mom, which is also nice. You know, you set an example for them. And so there's benefits, also huge benefits from doing it all. We can have it all. <laughs> You're quite right.
1: Yeah, now they're proud. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there uh it, it was pretty different uh, at a certain time when they were like 14. I was too loud, too extroverted, too uh, dressed, too um, modern. I was just a mom you didn't want to show uh, because I was too much of everything. And uh, now there's super proud and they're very happy yeah.
0: yeah yeah no I remember a moment I think my my eldest was like 10 and she said to me "Mom, why don't you make cupcakes for my my break time like the <laughs> other mums you know I didn't have time to make <laughs> cupcakes I would just put in a, like a, a cereal <laughs> bar and I remember that moment but um I think they're proud now I hope so <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you what do you enjoy most about your job on you know on a day-to-day basis
1: Oh, that every day is different. Uh, and also these nonstop transformations, that things are happening. But what I enjoy the most is really working with people. Uh, it's the most challenging, I would say, of my job, but it's also the most beautiful. Uh, I think it's, it's people. It's people. And then, of course, uh, working in a company where I share the same values as my company or the other way around. Yeah. But uh, I think I'm, I'm very value driven. For me, it's extremely important for whom I work with, what I work and the people around me. So, And if all of that goes very well together, uh, you're just happy. Yeah. You're, it's just a, a happiness in your, in your job. That's also what I try to tell my kids. You have to find something you, you genuinely like. It's not every day that you are like laughing and happy, but generally you have to have a feeling of this is right for me. And then I think you can build on that. But I think you have to find something where you are deeply connected with.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I agree with that. Uh, when you look back at your career, what are you most proud of?
1: Pride is not so much me because I'm always so critical towards myself um, I don't allow myself to be proud. Of course, I am, you know, when someone says something. So it's a bit, um, but it's not pride. Um, I'm happy if things which seemed to be difficult, worked very well. You know, when a transformation worked very well and everyone is smiling and we did things together. But there's not a moment of of pride, I would say. There's a a lot of satisfaction and seeing people smiling, you know, after difficult situations, that makes me very happy each time again and again. So, but a special moment of pride, I wouldn't say I have that. Okay,
0: no, fair enough. Any big dreams yet to realize professionally? <laughs>
1: no, professional. It's interesting when you're at my age. It's not about career anymore. Yeah, you know, I will be fifty-eight. It's not about career. It's about where can I be of value? What can I do which which supports the company? So nowadays, I would be happy to do something which is from a level you know lower. I have I would have not a problem or earning less. I mean, this is newer, by the way. This is new. (laughs) A few years ago, I would have never said that. But this is when you're at the end of your career. um, There are other things things important. You want to be doing something you... Really like you think you're good in, um, where you can support people, where you can support the company to grow, yeah. uh, that's more important for me. So nowadays, I would even do project work yeah. and not being in a Leiden uh, manager anymore. So, this is, but this is a very new feeling and it's a very nice feeling, yeah. I have to say. It's a very calm feeling. It's not this kind of ah, what's next, what's next. Yeah. This is over.
0: And that's really beautiful. It's, yeah, uh, uh, it helps. Oh, definitely. Well, wow, it's interesting. So now um, we have finished the main part of our interview, but I have some surprise questions for you. What we call the rapid yeah. fire round, if you like. So I have 10 questions. Uh, there's no wrong or right answer. They're just a bit of fun. So if you're ready, I will start my rapid fire. So first question. Well, this one, I think we already have the answer to, but I said, if you hadn't worked in the skincare world, what career would you have been interested in? um still teacher teacher teacher, teacher, we already have the answer and for
1: small kids for small kids at the beginning to make them happy to learn reading and writing that was my dream to to give them a good start into their life yeah
0: oh excellent what item in your makeup bag can you not live without
1: um actually it's really advanced night repair i i used that since yeah since 25 years and i never stopped using it it's just addictive yeah
0: yeah i have to try that one out. Yeah, you should. (laughs) (laughs) Are you an early bird or a night owl? Oh, it changed. Oh, okay. I
1: was an early bird, absolutely, and it changed in the last five years. Okay. Now I can hardly get out of the bed (laughs) and I stay up late night. I have no clue why, but it changed.
0: Oh, okay. Maybe with your children getting older and more uh, not needing ah, you. Ah, that could be. Yeah, You're could right. Be. <laughs> that could be. Exactly. <laughs> I never thought about that, but that could be. Yeah. Exactly. If you had a superpower, what would you like it to be?
1: To make people smile.
0: Oh, that's a good one. If you could travel in time, where would you go? Backwards? Forwards?
1: I would go all the time. Asia, South America. I, and I would jump. And, uh, and I... I would love to go longer, if that's possible, even, you know, and that will happen one day, you know, that I go longer Uh, on these wonderful trips. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, What's your favourite holiday destination? Greece. What activity makes you happiest? Being
1: in the nature.
0: What subject were you best at at school? German. Uh, What's your favourite flowers? Uh, Red roses. What quality do you value most in a friend?
1: That it's the same, even if we don't see each other for long, which normally happens in my case, it's kind of the same connection. Yeah. And um, I think this loyalty, you know, not not judging how much time I have or how much I'm engaging, but, but just being there. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. Well, great answers to, to the rapid fire questions. Thank you so much. Uh, Mikey, it's been a, an absolute pleasure to chat with you today. And thank you for sharing all these great business tips with us. I'm going to start employing some of these now.
1: <laughs> well, it was a pleasure with you, Sophie. Thanks so much.
0: All right. Thanks. Bye.
1: Bye.